You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. It is podcast time. It's broadcast time. I am going live with part three of our Beyond Sin Consciousness series today. All right, I'm going to pray and we're going to get going. Here we go. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you that it's always a beautiful day in the kingdom. And that's where we live. That's uh, where we have our citizenship. That is our inheritance. And we are interdimensional beings, Father, that we are not just here in the earth realm, Father, but we are in heaven right this very minute, included in Jesus, right there at your right hand in Christ, seated in heavenly places. And Father, we have a vantage point from this place where we're seated where we can see the world from a different perspective. We can see it through your eyes. We can see it through the eyes of Jesus. And so, Father, I just thank you right now that we're connecting with that reality. I just pray that everyone's eyes would be enlightened and that they would wake up, (laughs) wake up to the spirit, wake up to that place where they are spiritually minded, where they are setting their minds on things above, where they are not distracted by the earthly realm, but they are focused on you, focused on your face, focused on what you're thinking and what you're doing. And I thank you, Father, that it's clear skies in heaven. There's clear vision in heaven today, Lord. And I thank you that you have things that you want to share with us, Father. You have good news, the gospel that you want to remind us of and invite us into this place where we're changing our mind, where we're repenting and we're agreeing with your opinion of us. And we're agreeing with your thoughts that are so much higher than human thoughts. And I thank you, Father, that we have access to those thoughts because we have the mind of Christ. And so, Lord, I just call us up into this higher way of being this morning. I just declare that our consciousness is being elevated right this very minute into Christ consciousness, into oneness consciousness. And I thank you that as I teach today, Father, there's a shift. There's a shift. There's an elevation. There's a new door of opportunity that's opening, Father, for people to uh, elevate their experience of life and come into agreement with you in every area of life. And I thank you, Father, that from that place, we are governing the earth. We are taking dominion. We are being fruitful. We are being multiplied. And we are replenishing the earth with heaven. We are taking dominion, Father. We are governing from the jurisdiction of heaven as the ecclesia, as your governing body in the earth. And so I thank you for that wonderful privilege and that wonderful authority that we have in Jesus to partner with you and make the earth look like heaven. So I bless our time together today and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, awesome, you guys. You know, sometimes it's a good idea just to listen to the podcast and let me pray over you. You know, I I really believe that there is a grace on my life to wake the body of Christ up and wake us up to the spirit realm and wake us up to who we really are in Christ. In fact, I had this idea many years ago that I was going to do this like a little wake up call program and, and basically just like, you know, send out a text every day, a voice message to people every day just so that they can wake up to who they are. So y'all pray into that for me. I would love to do that. But I but I digress. We are here for a purpose. We are here to go into part three of our Beyond Sin Consciousness series. And hopefully you've had a chance to, to uh, tune in to the first two episodes of this series. We've covered a lot of ground. And especially last week. I mean, last week we really, you know, rattled some maybe religious cages and took the 
uh, plunged and redefined, not just redefined, expanded the definition of the English word sin that has been translated sin from the Greek word harmatia. And so that was really a powerful revelation. And I just encourage you guys to go listen to those previous episodes if you haven't. But today we are going to actually focus on not just sin, not just sin consciousness, but we're going to focus in on the word beyond, right? The title of this series is Beyond Sin Consciousness. And the, the goal here is I needed to unpack sin a little bit so we know what we are, what we're moving beyond. But today I want to talk about you know, that that location that is above sin consciousness, this this ability to be aware of something else in our lives besides our sin and guilt and shame and what's wrong with us and what's wrong with our circumstances and what's wrong with the world. You know, I, I just can tell you in my own life, and I know this is true for all of us to some degree, because human beings through our inheritance from Adam, thank you very much, Adam, we have this, you know, this thing that I call, well, I don't call it science calls it neuroscience calls it the negativity bias and what that means is that over time we have grown into uh, operating with a brain sometimes it's called the lizard brain but we have this brain that's constantly on high alert we have this amygdala inside of our brain that is constantly scanning the environment looking for danger 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 and so this negativity bias has kind of been programmed into us to focus on the negative as a way to stay safe. And so if you are like me and you're a human being, well, I will tell you that we all struggle with this concept of negativity bias. It seems like it's always easier for us to find what's wrong or to focus on what's wrong sometimes than it is on what's right. But as a new creation, as someone who has been recreated in Christ, we have another mind. We don't just have a natural mind. We also have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of the spirit. And in Romans chapter eight, uh, the apostle Paul talks about that. He says to be carnally minded or to have the mindset of the flesh in other translations or to just be humanly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so today I want to talk about the spiritual mindedness and how we can move beyond sin consciousness into sun consciousness. So I thought that was kind of a cool little play on words, right? You're just changing one letter from sin to sun. And that is the transformation that took place in us through the crucifixion of Jesus, through the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. When Jesus came out of the grave, guess what? We were born anew. We were born from above. Mankind was included in Jesus's death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension. And we came out of the grave a brand new creation. And we came out where old things had passed away, the old religious system was passed away, the, the law of performance, the law of performing for righteousness, the law of trying to be good through good behavior passed away. And now we have been, we have risen to the newness of life as sons of God. We are no longer sinners. We are saints. We are sons of God. We are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And it doesn't even make sense that there is sin in the body of Christ. 
Christ. You do not have a sin nature. You have the nature of God. Your spirit has been joined to him. You are one spirit with Jesus Christ. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. And you have moved beyond sin into sonship. Right. And so today I want to talk about this sun consciousness. I want to talk about Jesus consciousness. I want to talk about shifting our focus because what we focus on manifests. I have taught that principle many times in my podcast, not only from a scriptural perspective, but even from, you know, as the quantum physicists are discovering now, from a scientific perspective. I've talked about this reality that creation responds to human focus. That as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That what we focus on, uh, not only is it elevated and it, uh, you know, starts to consume our inner world, but it also affects the outer world. I've talked about the quantum physics, uh, physics experiment called the double slit experiment which I'm not going to go into that experiment again today in a lot of detail. I encourage you to Google that and just, you know, read a little bit about the double slit experiment. But basically the premise of this experiment, what this experiment proved is that atoms actually respond to human behavior. It's called the collapse of the wave, meaning that electrons and protons do not become matter with inside of an atom They are energy until a human being observes them. So this idea of focus and observation and and consciousness, meaning what we are consciously aware of, affects creation. And if we as sons of God are going to govern creation, which we are destined to do in Christ, he is the head, we are the body, we are the presence of Jesus Christ here on the planet. Well, guess what? We want to live in union with the head. We want to live as one, the head and the body fully connected, the head governing the body, meaning the head, Jesus Christ, governing us, governing our souls, governing our minds, obviously governing our spirits, because that is obviously always the case. But it's like we need to govern the physical realm. It needs to go from spirit down to energy, down to particles. We need to move spiritual reality, our inheritance in Christ, our identity in Christ. We need to we need to come out of just take it not just as a spiritual reality about us, but we need to move it into a physical form through the power of observation, through the power of our consciousness. This is why the enemy has worked so hard to get our focus. That's why so many scriptures talk about not getting distracted with the natural realm. In fact, I'll just start with that scripture today in Colossians chapter three. Let's go over there. And it talks about um, how our minds are so powerful, how our consciousness is so powerful. And when I say the word consciousness, don't get freaked out like it's some new age word. Okay, don't let the new agers steal our vocabulary, okay? No, Jesus has reconciled all things. And so consciousness is a uh, belongs to Christ, okay? And Christ consciousness is Jesus consciousness. It's son consciousness. And consciousness is simply awareness. It's what you're consciously aware of in your conscious mind. 
All right, so let's go over to Colossians 1, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. So let me pull it up here. Okie dokie. Here's what it says. Oh, I'm in Colossians 1. I'm in Colossians 3. 3 1. Colossians 3, chapter 1. It says this. Okay, we're talking about sun consciousness. We're talking about Jesus consciousness. And before I read the scripture, I also want to just get this out here so that it, it, it makes sense. When I'm talking about Jesus consciousness, I'm talking about as Jesus is, okay? I'm not talking about Jesus in his earthly ministry. I'm talking about the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the King of Kings that is described by the Apostle John in Revelation chapter one, whose hair is white like wool, whose eyes are like fire, whose face is shining as the sun. Okay, it is very important. I mean, I'm not discounting Jesus's ministry. The incarnation is everything. But I am making sure that when I talk about son consciousness and Jesus consciousness, that you are aware of the right uh, point in time that you're associating with Jesus. Okay, so just a little back, you know, backdrop here for Colossians 3.1. Here's what it says. It says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Okay, we could just stop here. We could see law on that. And if you spent some time just meditating on that particular truth, it would change the way you live your life. It would change everything about your existence because you would begin to open up to the possibility that you could actually live as a resurrected human being right now, that you could live as a glorified son of God right now. You don't have to die and wait until you get to heaven to experience yourself in heaven. You don't have to wait to experience the glory of God, the glory realm until after you die. De death is not your savior. Jesus Christ is your savior. So this idea, and this is, I, I, I'm going to stop here just because I want you to, I want you to grasp what I'm saying as a possibility. I'm going to go back to Colossians 3.1, but I want to go, first of all, I want to go over to Philippians and I want to go to Philippians chapter three. And I want to talk about what the apostle Paul believed, what he believed was possible for human beings that had been recreated in Christ. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up in the Amplified Classic because it's, it does a really great job of amplifying what, what is, what I want to say here. So in Philippians chapter three, Verse 10, okay, this is the Apostle Paul uh, in his letter to the church at Philippi, and here's what it says. It says, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Who's him? With Jesus, okay? In other words, I want to become more progressively, more deeply and intimately aware of him. I want to be acquainted with him. I want to have the consciousness of Jesus. Okay. He says, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second because the Apostle Paul is saying, my determined purpose is to know, to, to gnosko is the Greek word, to experience him. I want experiential knowledge of Jesus. I want experiential 
uh, focus. I want to focus on Jesus. I want to perceive more and more of Jesus. I want to perceive him more intimately. I want to perceive him more progressively, more deeply. I want to understand the wonders of Jesus Christ. And I want to say the resurrected Jesus Christ here in a moment, that'll make sense. But here he says, I want to, I want to, I want to be conscious of this. I want to experience this more strongly and more deeply. And this is my determined purpose. Okay, before you ever go about discovering and living your purpose, which, hey, you know, that's what we do every day in the work that I do in Emerge. We are all about helping helping people experience union with God, helping them experience their identity in Christ so that they can discover their assignment here on earth. But in order to fulfill your assignment on earth, guess what? You're real. You've got to step back to the foundational purpose of the church. You've got to step back to the foundational purpose of you as a new creation, as a son of God, as the body of Christ, which is to what Paul is saying here, to understand the gospel, to perceive Jesus, to to co-associate yourself with Jesus Christ. So let me just keep reading. I'm getting ahead of myself here. He says that his determined purpose is that to know him, gnosko him, and then all of that description of what he means by that, he says... And so there's an and to that. So I don't just want to know Jesus, perceive him, understand the wonders of his person more deeply. Okay. He says, I, in that same way, I might come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Okay. And then it says, which it exerts over believers. Okay. Now, that's such a powerful little amplification that I feel like right there, because when you hear me teach about the co-inclusion of mankind in Christ, please understand that I'm not saying that everyone is a believer, that everyone knows this, that everyone's experiencing this. Okay. I'm saying that believers, the apostle Paul, are who experience this. So the belief in your identity in Christ is key. You can't experience heaven if you don't know who you are. Okay. Now, here we go. It says in the same way (laughs) that come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, that it exerts over believers. So there is the power of the resurrection that is exerting itself over us who believe. And and he says in the same way, he wants to know this power. In what way? He wants to progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with it. He wants to perceive it. He wants to recognize it. He wants to understand it. So Paul is, is, is focused on the person of Jesus and what it means about him and what and the power that happened on the cross and through the resurrection. He wants to know it. He wants to, to understand it. And he's observing it. He's conscious of it. This is a determined purpose. And he says, and that I may so share, here's what it says, in his sufferings to, as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in the hope, I'm going to come back to this, verse 11 though it says, that if possible, I might attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even when I'm in the body. So I I want to stop here for a second because what the Apostle Paul is not saying is that he wants to suffer for Jesus. Okay, he's not saying that I want to fellowship with Jesus's sufferings by suffering. No, he's saying, I want to fellowship with his crucifixion. I want to commune. I want to associate. 
I want to understand. I want to perceive. I want a revelation of the crucifixion and the resurrection for a reason. It's my determined purpose to associate with this and become aware of this. And my determined purpose is that I could attain resurrection both spiritually and morally, it says, and that it would lift me out from among the dead. That I would actually live like a resurrected human being. That I would not experience death. You know, over and over again, religious people tried to kill Paul. Not only religious people, right? I mean, the Gentiles also. Uh, Stoned, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake. I mean, he should have been dead many, many, many times. But he kept getting up. He kept on going, shaking it off when that snake bit him. Why? Because he understood that Jesus is resurrection from the dead, gave him dominion over death. And he was fellowshipping with this identity that is in Christ. And he said in verse 12, not that I've already attained this or that I've already been, you know, experienced this and been made perfect, but I press to lay hold, to grasp and make my own that which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. I want to make my own. I want to lay hold of this revelation that Jesus lay hold, you know, laid hold of me for me to grasp. I want that. I want that. And so Paul made it his determined purpose, meaning that he made a decision about his focus and about his purpose. And he decided that this was going to be what he observed. So I'm going to go now back to Colossians chapter three. Um, verse one, and I'm going to go back to the passion translation here because I stopped and moved it back over to Philippians because I stopped after this statement, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Okay. You are a resurrected being. I know this is not what you've been told. I know that the, the resurrection is a future event and it, you know, it will be for a lot of people. But I also want to tell you that the resurrection is a reality, a way of life that we can experience now. It is heaven's reality. There is no death in heaven. And death is an enemy of God. And we are not to submit to it uh, in, the, in the sense that we're not just, it just doesn't have the authority unless we give it that to just take us out. I know that we have been programmed to die. I know that we have been programmed to be sick, but Jesus's resurrection defeated the curse, defeated the curse of sin and death that entered the earth through Adam. And you have been given access to eternal life. Eternal life is your portion. Resurrection life is your portion. And so meditating on Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too, is a, is a part of really your purpose. It's a part of your purpose to know who you are. It's a part of your purpose to understand what happened to you through the cross to what happened to you through the burial. That's what baptism is all about. It's about associating through with the, with the crucifixion, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's about the crucifixion of the old man. It's about the crucifixion of our, of the sin of sin within our, the sin nature that we had identified with because we didn't know better. It says, this is why, okay, I'm going to keep reading. We are to yearn. We are to long. We are to focus on all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned 
at the place of all power, say all power, all honor and all authority. Jesus Christ has all power, honor, and authority. This is such a powerful project to manifest on. I mean, well, to manifest on for sure, but to meditate on, okay? Jesus Christ is in you. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. The resurrected King of Kings is what God sees. He sees you holy, blameless, sinless, in his sight. In Ephesians 1, it says you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, meaning you were in Christ before you were in Adam. And God is not confused about who you are. But here Paul is saying, yearn for this reality, long for this, meditate on it, focus on it. Okay, it says verse 2, yes, feast, he says, feast on it on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Why? Because our thoughts are things. Our thoughts are vibrational. Our thoughts, our thoughts are not just spirit, <laughs> although they are invisible, but they govern our lives. Our thoughts are important. What we focus on is important. What we meditate on is important. I mean, all the way in the Old Testament, you know, God told Joshua, you know, he said, meditate on all that is written. <laughs> meditate on the words that I've spoken because then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And he said, meditate on it day and night. He said, don't let it, you know, don't let this law of the book, don't let the words that I've spoken depart out of your mouth. Meaning speak about them. When you're on your bed, talk about them. Be, it, be consumed with the word of God, which for us in the new covenant is Jesus and the, and the gospel. Okay, in verse, uh, he says here, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Like the apostle Paul thought of the natural realm as a distraction. And yet most of us are spending the majority of our, of our conscious moments in life focused on things in the natural. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, no, elevate. He's saying, move beyond the natural realm. I'm saying, move beyond this consciousness of what's wrong and this negativity bias and this mind that's preoccupied with earthly things. And then in verse three, he says this, your crucifixion with Christ has severed your tie to this life. Whoa, like that's another project. Like, what does it mean that I, my, my life that Jesus's crucifixion is, is, is no longer tied to the natural realm, that that tie to this life has been severed. It's been cut off. And it says, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Life is found in Christ. There is a resurrected life in Christ that is your true life. And it's hidden, it's hidden. It's, it's meaning it's invisible, but it is real. In verse four, it says, and as, such a powerful thought, as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. Because, it says, for you are now one with him in his gloria. Glory, not Gloria, <laughs> glory. You are now one with him in 
his glory, okay? Like if you just get nothing out of this series and you just go and read Colossians 1 through 3 over and over and over again, and you start to recognize that you are one with Jesus in his glory. You are one with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, whose hair is like white as wool, whose eyes are like the sun, whose, I'm sorry, whose eyes are like fire. His, his face is like burnished bronze. The glorified Jesus Christ, the glorified Jesus that said, don't touch me for I have not yet ascended to the father. But even beyond that, because he did ascend to the father, you are in Christ in the heavenly realms, seated on the throne of Jesus. What an honor, what a privilege, what elevated opinion God has of us. And yet we struggle with these low level fallen thoughts that have been programmed into us through a distorted world system. And we are living far beyond, far below rather, living far below our true identity in Christ. And moving beyond sin consciousness means that we are elevating to Christ's consciousness. We are focused on the sun consciousness. We believe that as Jesus is, so are we. Why? Because we are his body and we are one with him. And I have shared over and over again about how just meditating. I mean, all of this revelation, you guys, that I, I have about this has been given to me from the Holy Spirit and through meditating scripture. You know, I talk about this, but the Holy Spirit gave me a whole project for one year. He said, I want you to meditate on Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then at the second year, he said, now I want you to meditate on Christ, um, you being in Christ and that you are seated at the right hand of the father. So for two years, God said, I want you to meditate on these truths. And I'll tell you what, it's something that we should do beyond that. I mean, these truths are the most life-changing truths that will absolutely revolutionize your human existence. Because it will teach you that you are scary Jesus in a chalice suit or whatever your name is. That you are more powerful than you've ever imagined. And that because you begin to focus on those truths, creation begins to be governed by you. Instead of you being under the natural realm, you elevate to dominating and living above the natural realm. You live out of the glory zone. You live out of the miraculous zone. And you live out of this place of being face to face with the father without guilt, without shame. You are a son. You are an heir. You are you are part of the Trinity because you are in Christ. You have been elevated to this triune relationship. You have a new family. And from that elevated position, you are co-reigning and co-ruling with God. And you become immune to sickness. You become immune to poverty. You become immune to death. You become immune to fear. So if a snake comes out of a fire and bites you, you shake it off and keep on talking. You don't give death another thought. You don't worry. There is a place of existence inside of Christ that is above this re this human reality, okay? And it defines everything about you. And so developing this consciousness is, is a looking away from the distractions of the natural realm. And I get that it is sometimes easier said than done. 
right? We have a mind that has been programmed with, with trauma. We have a mind that has been programmed with all kinds of unbelief, all kinds of lies. And it is, you know, we're, we're, we're living in a human body. We have five physical senses. So we're constantly experiencing stimuli from the physical realm. But there is a way to transcend it. And this is something that each of us has to discover for ourselves. And we have spiritual equipment to do that. We have spiritual eyes. We have spiritual ears. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit that is our helper that helps us stay spiritually minded, that helps us take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. So that when we go off in an emotional thing, on an emotional tangent, or we go off in a panic mode because of something, you know, some contradiction, contradiction or something we're experiencing in our life, well, we have a helper. We have a helper to bring our focus back to the truth. And you guys, this is really, that this is where true, you know, spiritual warfare takes place. It takes place between our ears. It takes place in our mind. The battlefield, you know, that book that Joyce wrote all those years ago, the battlefield of the mind is the place where battles are won or lost. Meaning it's the place where if you faint in your mind, well, then you're going to faint in your body. And so to be spiritually minded means to be consciously aware of the truth, to be consciously aware of your identity. And it takes time. It takes time to renew your mind. It takes time to, you know, listen to the gospel and hear the truth and and eat a diet that, that grows you up beyond milk into meat. And the milk is the truth. The milk is the righteousness of God that's in Christ. And we need to drink it and we need to eat it. We need to get our daily bread from the Father and we need to consume it. And we need to consume it however often is needed in order for us to stay spiritually minded, praying in the spirit. I could say these things. We aren't doing these things out of some kind of religious obligation. We aren't praying in the spirit. We aren't communing with Father uh, because it's the religious thing to do. No, we're communing with Father to stay in our right minds. I mean, I'm just going to say it like that. I mean, I need God to help me stay spiritually minded. I my, my mind needs to be renewed and I need to hear it over and over again because, you know, scripture tells us that the whole world is lying in darkness, meaning that the God of this world has blinded the minds of people that don't believe the gospel. We're surrounded by unbelief. We're surrounded by a medical system and a, my goodness, turn on the television and you see all the drug commercials. We're just, we're surrounded by a natural system governed by natural wisdom, sensual knowledge, which actually the book of James said is demonic. It's, 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 it's not from God. It's not the wisdom that is from above. It's sensual, meaning it's driven by the human intellect and the five physical senses and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it has fallen. It has fallen knowledge and it has fallen and it, it, it conforms us to the image of the world, which is a fallen identity. And so when we re- renewing our minds, what we're doing is we're subjecting our souls to the truth. And you know what? David talked to his soul. He said, you know what, soul, <laughs> you're going to magnify the Lord. Soul, why are you so downcast? And so David in the Psalms is this picture into David's inner world and his conversations with God. And you see over and over again, it's like he's he, he starts out kind of sad or starts out kind of downcast. And then the next thing you know, he's prophesying. And he's speaking the truth here, you know, out of himself. And so we see this battle in, in David's soul 
to give, you know, the truth and, and the spirit of God to flow through him. And so that battle is our battle. It's our battle to stay spiritually minded and to have life and peace. And so I say this a lot, you know, when you wake up, you have to wake up. You can't just wake up and go about your day as a mere physical human being. No, you are a spiritual being having a physical experience. And when you listen to these, you know, to my broadcast, when you listen to other, you know, gospel goodness, what happens is you're waking up. You're waking up to the reality of the truth about who you are. Jesus is a mirror for you. Jesus is the truth about you. I'm going to read and wrap up today. Um, this is where I was going to start, but so much for that. Uh, in Francois Dutrois' Introduction to the Book of Ephesians. And I was just reading this this week. And I just thought there's some really great scriptures in here and some really great wisdom from Francois. And these are the kind of things that I wake up to. I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I'm like a lot of people, I grab my phone, but I'm not like a lot of people in the fact that I grab my phone and I just start going through, you know, scrolling through social media and doing all these things. No, I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for the thing that wakes me up in the morning. And so just recently I was reading through this and I thought I'm going to share it with you. And I believe that as I read it, it's going to help you recognize, okay, this is how you wake up. Okay, and it's just Francois's introduction to his translation of the book of Ephesians. And let me read it to you. It says, in poetic articulation, Paul unfolds the message of the mystery of Christ as representing mankind. He is absolutely passionate in his prayers and his desires for everyone to see how completely associated they are in Christ. God found us in Christ before he lost us in Adam. Ephesians 1.10, in the economy of the fullness of time, everything culminates in Christ. All that is in heaven and all that is on earth is reconciled in him. He sees heaven not as a distant goal for us to strive towards, but how completely God has already lavished upon us every blessing, blessing heaven has in Christ. This is our point of departure. We are co-raised and co-seated together with Christ in heavenly places to begin with. Long before anyone but God believed it, we were made alive together with Christ. I desire that you know by revelation what he has known about you all along. I pray that your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight. Ephesians 2.10 We are engineered by his design. He molded and manufactured us in Christ. We are his workmanship, his poetry. We are fully fit to do good, equipped to do, equipped to give attractive evidence of his likeness in us in everything we do. Ephesians 3, 4. In reading these words, you will perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Okay, why am I reading these things in the morning before I step out of bed? Why? Because it says right here, but in reading these words, I will perceive Paul's insight into the mystery of Christ. 
Why? Because my determined purpose is to know him, is to progressively become more intimately acquainted, to uh, uh, understand and perceive the wonders of his person. And in the same way, come to know, come to Gnosko, the power outflowing from his resurrection. Why? So that I can so continually fellowship with his sufferings, with his crucifixion, so that in some way, I also might be lifted out from among the dead while still in the body, right? And I know I paraphrase that, that verse from Philippians, but you can see I've eaten it. I've eaten enough of it that I'm perceiving the mystery of Christ that Paul shared. I, I, I ate it enough in Colossians chapter one. I've eaten Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've eaten the scripture. You know, I am in Christ uh, seated at the right hand of the father. And so eating this, eating this, meditating on this, waking up every single day to the truth of who you are. And I will tell you, the more that you do this, the Holy Spirit gets involved. I mean, there are many times when I wake up and not only do I, I don't even get sometimes to reading it because I'm just, I'm just in my little phone journal, typing the things that God is sharing me, sharing with me, giving me the revelation that I need for the day, giving me the truth about who I am. And when I'm struggling Okay, yesterday was an example. I just had a, I had one of those, you know, brain days where I just, my, I was just in a battle in my mind. And you know what I did? I, I battled it throughout the day. And you know what, in the, in, in the middle of the day, I mean, I'm laying on the ground at one point, just laying in my room on the ground, just in this place of surrender to God. I just surrender my body. I thank you that we are one. I mean, I mean, you know what? I had things to do yesterday, but you know what? My, my plate got a little clear yesterday because I wasn't in my right mind. And the other thing that I did, you know, is I finally, I just took a nap. I just put my brain to sleep because my brain was not cooperating with my spirit yesterday. And guess what? I'm sharing that so that you know that you, you know, there are days when, when you may be resisting fallen thoughts. You may resisting a fallen identity and associating with an old man that's been crucified and your self image that was, that was programmed into you as a result of your life experiences. I mean, Jesus resisted these things himself. He resisted the enemy when he was in the wilderness. He resisted to the point of, you know, bleeding in the garment and in the garden, just surrendering his life to God because he was under such duress and stress because he knew he was about to go to the cross. And Jesus, Jesus understands this battle. And guess what? Our thoughts are not too much for the Holy Spirit. Our emotions are not too much for the Holy Spirit. We don't have to try to hide them, but we do need to, to deal with them. We do need to bring them into the light and not just live under them. And so at the same time, I'm kind of venting to God about what's going on in my brain. I'm also realizing that I'm not really in agreement with it. At some level in my mind, I'm in agreement with these things and my emotions and my body maybe, maybe at this moment spiraling out of the governance of my spirit. But I am not going to allow that mindset to stay and be my way of being. And if it means that I put myself to sleep, well, then I put myself to sleep. Guess what? A nap is spiritual warfare. Jesus did it in the boat in the middle of the storm. So some days you just need to reboot your brain. That's right. Some days you just need to like, okay, I'm going to, I'm doing what I know to do, but guess what? I'm just going to take a nap. And guess what? I woke up and I was like, whoa, wow, I feel grateful. Da, 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 da. And it, it, it's called rest, beloved. And we labor to enter into rest. And sometimes it feels like work to get our brains back to a place of rest. 
And so that's, I'm out of time, but sun consciousness, Jesus consciousness, moving beyond the negativity bias and governing our inner world is where the victory is won. Okay, we, we move beyond these things. We elevate into our true identity every single day. And I, I will tell you, it gets easier. Yes, you know, there's battles. I mean, if Jesus faced it, guess what? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's not like you're never going to arrive in a place where you might have a brain, you know, a brain day that go, you know, your brain goes, goes left over here. Uh, what am I going to say about that? So, I bless you with rest when you need it. And I bless you with the grace to wake up, the grace to move beyond sin consciousness and what is wrong into gospel consciousness and into a focus on the truth. And I release right now a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I do declare that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened and you know the hope of your calling. You are fellowshipping with the mystery of Christ and it has become your own revelation and that you are in agreement that that is your determined purpose, that you will fellowship, that you will elevate beyond sin consciousness into sun consciousness. So God bless you guys. Have a blessed day and make it a supernatural week. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.